0: But that was my humbling point where it was just like, no, we're not doing this for show. You can't afford this car. You're not gonna brawl from, this. Harry took, you know, there's. I could have probably did a couple of places and got caught up cause I got behind and I could have like probably worked that out and I probably could have made it work. But it's, it was also embarrassing cause I was starting to teach a little bit, not budgeting per se, but money mitch Like I was starting to kind of come out the couponing thing but I realized like, no, this is part of your journey.
1: Welcome to the Authentic Wellness Podcast. This is where I, Sophia, a real woman, speak to real women and some men about issues that matter to all of us. Now, without further ado, let's talk about it. This is your host, Sophia Antoine, and today I have a friend of the show. Not only a friend of the show, but a friend in real life. If you don't know her, please get to know her. The wonderful, the trendy, the diva, Joy Voltaire. Joy, go ahead and introduce yourself to the <laughs> listeners, please.
0: Oh wow, I was a little I was muted until I heard the diva. <laughs> I was sorry <just> <laughs> I, I actually took that kind of off, but you know, you can still do it <laughs> but um. Thank you. Uh, I'm so honored to be here uh, again. We, Yeah, I feel like a friend to the show. We're friends in real life. Um, Sophia actually sits on my board for my nonprofit. So this is going to be really fun for us to do. My name is Joy Voltaire. Mm-hmm. Um, often on social media, I'll say Joy Nicole or aka Trendy Savings. And I am a, oh, let's see, <laughs> I'm a certified teacher, I'm a saving strategist, and I like to uh, coin myself as an edutainer, because I like to educate and entertain people uh, regarding managing their money better. And I know when you discuss finances, it can be a very difficult and awkward subject a lot of times for us to discuss or to to attack and to address. So mm-hmm. I like to make it fun and like make it, um, you know, kind of like take you... Disarm you, I guess, <laughs> right. and uh, and make you also interested in wanting to learn more uh, and educate ourselves. Uh, fin- um, you know, financial education is something that is lacking um, mm-hmm. in the, especially in the my- black and minority community. And so, yeah, I try to just, that's pretty much what I do out in these streets these days. I started a, well, I will say I started my brand a while back. My brand was Trendy Savings, as she was saying earlier. Um, Used to be Diva, took the Diva off, but (laughs) it was Trendy Savings was more or less my personal brand, even though it's a business, you know, still behind business where I was like, you know, going on live stream, teaching about couponing and and other saving strategies, kind of just having fun, created some blogs and um, I was like vlogging, I guess if you will on youtube but main thing was i was on periscope live streaming and so that was my brand and then last year and i was doing that for like whoo it's been over four years i was mm-hmm. doing that and then last year i started or i formed trendy educational services llc and that's the more serious side like my business brand i would say <laughs> that's where we actually bring in other experts i also um you know address uh, money management budgeting things like that and i'm actually currently trying to get my uh um, get certified national national certification is C F it's actually C F E I certificate um, not certificate <laughs> certified, <laughs> finan- certified financial certified financial Educator, um, instructor, educa- educational, sorry, instructor. And so that's something I'm working on because I want to be, be able to not just bring in experts, but actually use my expertise, um, in on my skills and my zone of genius, if you, if you will, to make sure that we are providing um, families with uh, financial education to, at the highest level, whether it's free or paid.
1: Awesome. Well, let me first say, you're always going to be a diva to me. <laughs> so that's that's just what it is hilarious but I, I want to know I guess the question that comes top of mind is why
0: are finances so difficult to talk about mm. I think I think there's a lot of reasons I think that many of us especially I, I won't even just go because I know I deal a lot with um, especially I didn't talk about our mission um, and I'll go back to that because I don't want to get thrown off track but I deal a lot with black families and minority communities and what I'm doing now. But I don't want to just generalize like this. um, I don't want to generalize in this situation. I think that with people in general, especially living in America, where we push like debt, (laughs) basically down people's throat. And so a lot of people are uncomfortable with their financial situation. And I'm talking about people girl you know with fancy cars or they look like they're doing well or doing better than you you know the joneses i guess they're still out there (laughs) you know but everybody if you like kind of peel back the layers or look behind the scenes open the curtain everybody is kind of like they have something going on financially that they wouldn't maybe want others to know about or that they just are struggling with and so i feel like because you know we're constantly walking around maybe in a struggle or we're, there's some things that we just don't know how to fix or haven't resolved it's a very uncomfortable topic for some people it's kind of like it's almost taboo in a black community to talk to tell people or talk about their finances inoffensive in a sense like to right. ask someone question, personal questions I mean and, and you still have to be careful even if people are doing financially well yeah you don't want to be you know intrusive but I feel like overall just even talking in general about finances yeah it is um it's, it's a little bit difficult and taboo. Not not really always sure. I think it's just different for different people. Right. So that goes back to people's money story, how they were raised Mm. with money. Oh yeah. That, oh gosh. Yeah. That definitely plays a part. Like we have a lot of things, um, that, were taught to us indirectly, indirectly. So I, I would say taught to us, that's directly. Um, and then indirectly, things that were said to us and maybe even our parents, grandparents, teachers, other people around us didn't realize that they were kind of forming or helping us form our relationship with money. So, right. you know, if you saw your parents constantly like, you know, paying their bills late or like getting cars repoed or, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever, like that's going to affect your relationship with money. If you saw them saving or doing well or putting their money in a bank or, or, you know, I don't know, whatever you saw growing up, whatever you heard, if you heard them complaining, oh my God, I'm broke. Oh my God! You know, yes. I, you know i you know I don't make enough or you saw them working so many jobs, and they, that that starts to form your opinion of how you make money, like oh, I have to work a lot of jobs just to make it, or you know I have to have this going on or that going on because you know it's hard out here, and so a lot of times that form going back to what you just said earlier, that might you know make you have maybe a bad relationship or a sort of like um just a a different relationship with money as opposed to somebody who's in a family or in an environment where people aren't struggling and people talk and people talk good about money, (laughs) you know? So,
1: yeah. Okay. Gotcha. That, that that makes a lot of sense to me because Mm -hmm. I can remember always hearing money doesn't grow on trees. Mm. (laughs) So that always kind of made me think we were at a deficit. Yeah. Yes. There we go. So that put that put that in my head that money's always short and maybe I shouldn't ask for things. Mm. And it it affected me. And what it also brought up for me was Mm. the fact that my mom always had two jobs. Wow. Not Mm. until the like the very end of her working career before she retired, did she have one job? And that was like the last years of her working life life, the last five years. But ever since I was born. I can remember mm. my mom always having two jobs.
0: That's a good one, Sophia. That's good self assessment. Not not that I'm surprised doing seeing what you do. But wow, that's a good one. Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. Even think about because the money grown trees, plus plus, like you said, your your mother seeing her working two jobs and you know wow. Hmm. Yeah. And wow. my father, that brings for me, my father, he was he al- always held a
1: job mm-hmm. and then he was an entrepreneur. He had his own thing. He was a master carpenter, master electrician. And after he got off work, he's going to other people's houses on his own in the place where we lived, And he was doing work for them as well. Wow. So yeah. I was mm. the quintessential latchkey kid mm. because they were always at work or they were always doing mm. something to make money.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then that becomes maybe the next generation story where you're like, oh, my parents are always working and money. And, and the, even the entrepreneurship piece, you're an entrepreneur. So mm-hmm. someone else not exposed to that wouldn't even think entrepreneurship is, you know, accessible to them. So, yeah.
1: yeah. And I had a block not to make this whole episode about me. No. But <laughs> I had a block for a long time that I wouldn't go into entrepreneurship. I needed to keep my two jobs. Because Mm. that's what I saw my mom do. And my Mm. husband was like, you know what, you have a gift, you need to go and try to make your own way. And I was like, Nope, I'm I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Because I need to have jobs.
0: Wow. wow and and then that speaks to his relationship with money i don't Mm -hmm. know you know how deeply rooted it goes we don't have to go into that but even his his willingness to say you know because he he, i'm sure he knows it'll be a financial sacrifice for you to, you know and he and he's open to it he's like this is worth like it's almost like the person who says no it's worth uh, more time. Um, it's worth worth it to spend more time at home with my children. Or the mm-hmm. person who makes a choice that says, "No, I'd rather see my wife more. I'd rather see you happy or pursuing your goals." Like that is actually his money story as well. Right, and that's his mindset. He's he's always been
1: an entrepreneur. I think he has held maybe one job since I've known him, but mm. he's always trying to make it on his own, so he doesn't have the time constraints. He's not trading his time for dollars. Okay, he's yeah. building his own legacy Mm. so he actually taught me that and that's what actually got me to want to become an entrepreneur awesome see paired
0: perfectly right (laughs) I always say that about you too anyway (laughs) oh well thank you yes yes
1: so now that we we've gone through that let's talk about those who lean heavily towards retail therapy (laughs) oh because I know you you used to teach couponing and you
0: probably Mm -hmm. still do you'll correct me if I'm wrong somewhat not as heavy maybe more or less like passive right (laughs) right. Mm
1: -hmm. but a lot of people use that as some type of emotional release Mm. and I I know you teach building stockpiles but there's Mm -hmm. are there some people that you notice that go overboard
0: oh goodness so (laughs) this is a whole topic. Yes. I, um, and when I say passively, I shouldn't say that. I actually actively on my YouTube channel in different places. I still talk about couponing very actively. I should have said classes passively, (laughs) but, um, yes, that behavior, it's like the same thing. And I'm sure you've heard this when they say, um, I'm probably not going to get the quote, right. You can, you can get the quote after me, but it's something about like, when you come into money, it's not going to change you. Like, it's not going to change the person you are, like if right. you come into a lot of money um you're still going to be the person you were with no money or you're you know you're mm. it's not going to change the same habit exactly so with people that are trying to quote unquote save money and they um turn to couponing <laughs> or they turn to building stockpiles as I like to call it um strategic I should say strategic shopping instead of extreme couponing I only use those terms when I'm trying to get SEO and stuff <laughs> but i uh, <laughs> trying to get trying to get it together as far as getting people to see stuff but I would say they those bad habits of like you said using retail as therapy um those bad have money management habits that's really what it is uh uh shopping, um, spending money that you're not even sure where it's coming from or that you can afford it, they're going to come with it. So I see it so much, Sophia, like I'm, I'm kind of not as in the community, they call it the coupon community as I used to be, where they're like, run deal, run, get this, go get that. And they're like spending money. And then yes, sometimes you're getting stuff for free and really cheap, but then other times you do have to put out money. Money is going out Um and then they're encouraging others and then they're overdoing it. Like it's almost like There's different layers to it. So there's the people that are like, wow, you probably had money management problems before this. And then you have the people that are like, whoa, there's some kind of hoarding thing going on here. I don't, you know, I'm not a psychologist, so I don't want to try to label them, but just for a funny label, like there's a little bit of hoarding going on here, you know? So you have, so that, that was something that they may may have already been doing. Now, I will say this, when I first started, I could, could, you know, I wouldn't be crowned the hoarder, but I could have been like, okay, overdoing it because of the excitement and the thrill of it. Right. but I was able to reel back only because, yeah, I don't have that hoarding tendency. And as well as um, I started to get more into money management and finances. And I realized you're not saving money unless you actually know where the savings is going. So you can buy I coupon. I save money on my groceries. Well, what did you spend last month? What did you spend the month prior? So are you spending less this month or are you just getting sales? You know? Mm. Yeah. And that's why I use stockpiling as a strategy as well, because we, we can, we can, we can trick ourselves into believing just like with any sale, forget coupon, nice pair of shoes, clothes. We can trick ourselves into believing we're saving money. Did you Absolutely. have that money to put out there for that outfit? That was on sale. That's
1: the question. Absolutely. <laughs> so how did you get into all of this? Because that, that's what mm-hmm. it, that statement brought me to, Okay. what is your financial story? what prompted you to go into wanting to help people with their finances after doing couponing?
0: Okay, Okay. good. I'm glad because I was like, wow. If we travel back to childhood, we'll be here. (laughs) (laughs) We will just be here. Um, So if we go back to... uh, Yeah, I would that's a good place to start after couponing. I think right, I'll start a little bit before. So the couponing started because at the time I was married and I had left full, I think that was the, not my last, but I left full-time teaching for the second time. was oh, <laughs> the last time I went back? Um, entrepreneurs, you know, we can't stay still, but I was, I left full-time <sighs> teaching and um, I was, I, I actually went back for my marriage. So I don't feel bad because I actually, what I was already decided I was going to be an entrepreneur and do some things. But then I felt like I didn't want to get into the marriage. And at least I had that much sense with money, like to know that we needed some income. And I loved what I did with kids. It wasn't that I loved that. I just loved entrepreneurship. So I remember saying, how can I kind of balance this out? Because I wasn't, you know, getting the teacher um, income because I left again. So um, I was trying to find ways to save on on groceries, basically, because I knew we were spending a lot on groceries. And then like household products, I consider those groceries, but personal care, household. And so I started the couponing. So that started my mind frame and my mindset of like, how can I save money? And then I was just kind of like doing that. And it wasn't really It wasn't, it was helping. Like, we had a lot of stuff and we were getting stuff for cheaper, so it was definitely helping. I don't want to say it wasn't helping, but it wasn't strategic or as strategic as it could have been. So, I was trying to like, I started just like kind of following people in the coupon community, different things, different blogs, looking into money, started getting more serious about my finances as I started to teach classes and do things. And I wanted to kind of like, I guess, personally d- develop some better habits and then start teaching them so as i was like learning for myself and teaching them i started digging deeper and like i realized like this couponing thing is nothing like i have issues like i have issues with money and so just mm. to make a long story short cuz i can probably kind of trace back to this and i want to get to some of the good stuff cuz people were like what what is your story? What is relatable to me? Um, and this is very like, I'm being very transparent. Thank God. This is Sophia because she Thank makes you. it easy. <laughs> um, there was, and and I do, and it's funny. I'm, I'm actually kind of transparent online stuff, but sometimes I hold back and I feel like, um, I need to tell like more of the story. So, even during my marriage, just to, I'll speed this part up quick. During my marriage, we both were bad with our finances. I just, I don't care how we put it. Like I can put a lot of blame on him because he really didn't know. I mean, literally I could be like, what did you spend today? Where did the money go? He <laughs> was pretty bad, but I was bad too. And so, especially looking back now and we, we had bad money management skills or lack thereof, and we weren't managing our finances as well. Then I have me not working, then going back to substitute teaching and little stuff here and there. And then him trying to work two jobs. It was just all over the place with the income as well as like what was going out and so when our mat once we were um yeah once it we I won't say divorce separated. Um, Our finances were horrible. I I did leave with a car. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I went to my parents. I had to live with my parents. I won't say I lost the apartment. He just, you know, stayed at the apartment and did eventually lost it. So I went to live with my parents. And as I was living with my parents, like I'm on this kick where I'm just going to do this entrepreneurial thing since I'm here anyway. And I'm not going back to full time work. So I was doing some part time things, online tutoring, things like that. And I was struggling. I was still struggling. I was teaching coupon and all that stuff, but I was struggling. And I literally, in the midst of all that, and I always say, like, um, I always say there was a, a choice in this, but it really wasn't. So I, I just, like, want to be honest. Like, So my car was repossessed, in a sense, because I couldn't afford the car. The dealership, oh, I I forgot to say this. In between that, I purchased another car. Like after I left my ex, I kind of traded in the other car because it it just went. It was a good car, but it was my fault. And so I traded in that car and purchased a new, a newer car. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, a newer car with all this going on. No money, no financial sense at all, right? And so I couldn't afford the car when I purchased it. Even when the dealer tells you guys, by the way, that you can afford something, it doesn't mean you can afford it. You should know your numbers. You should know what's going on. You should know what you can afford. So I never could afford it to begin with. And then I really couldn't afford it. It got to the point being an entrepreneur, up and down income, still not like my business, not being where it needs to be living at my parents. I couldn't afford it. So I always say I never say I got I never say um, I had a car repo or anything like that, because I always feel like there was an option for me to like save it. Like I could have borrowed money from people. I could have done stuff. But that's where we kind of speed up to where I was at a different point in my life where I was like trying to actually manage my finances, trying to figure things out. And I was like, that was my breakthrough. That was my living with my parents was humbling enough, but that was my humbling point where it was just like, no, we're not doing this for show. You can't afford this car. You're not going to brawl from this. Harry took, you know, there's, I could have probably did a couple of places and got caught up. Cause I got behind and I could have like probably worked that out. And I probably could have made it work, but it was also embarrassing because I was starting to teach a little bit, not budgeting per se, but money management. I was starting to kind of come out the couponing thing, but I realized like, no, this is part of your journey. You realize you woke up, you realize society doesn't Mm. dictate. You don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to keep up with the Joneses. You're realizing as you're reading, as you're you're financially educating yourself, um, as like uh, somebody, I don't say I was completely financially illiterate, but like I literally didn't understand like anything <laughs> like when it came to that kind of stuff. So when I started realizing waking up, I let my car go. I was like, all right, fine. I'm not going to try to save it. I'm going to give it back here. It's fine. I no, you can have it. And so that was like my I would I would say not my humbling point because it started before that. And that's when I woke up and started doing what I I'm doing now. I started. Um, educating myself, I started figuring out how to budget, create a spending plan, how to actually, I, I learned how to, and I'll end it here, um, I learned how to manage, um, I, I won't say manage more, I learned how to do better with my money with less. So it was like, I had less, and I did more with it. And I realized like I needed this like and I didn't know it was at that time because I was just going to be like starting to really talk to people who went through what I went through or really educate and go as far as like budgeting and all that because I still was just kind of teaching the couponing. This was like a personal journey and I was just like (gasps) one day I remember because I was sad I was upset I'm skipping all those parts I had all these emotions for a while embarrassed a little bit but then I came out of it and was like no. I needed this. Like I had to be broken like this. Like I had to have less because even when I come into more, now I'm going to manage it so much better. So I had to lose my car. Yeah, I had to lose my car. I had to, you know, I, you know, we don't want to include the divorce there, but I had to go through what I went through in a divorce financially together, collectively to see how it, you know, not talking about money uh, affects your marriages and, and to see how not being on top of your personal finances can, can set you back and have you living, you know, on the streets with your parents anywhere <laughs> and, you know, and how, oh, here's the last one. And then I'll let you, I'll let you kind of lead the way after this not, not being good with your personal finances and trying to start a business and trying to manage your business finances.
1: (laughs) Yes. And I can say, thank you for all of that. First Mm. of all, Mm -hmm. but I can say, I remember when I was, we had just had um, our third child Mm. and I lost the vein because by that time my husband had, had become ill. He'd become Mm. diagnosed with end stage renal failure. And I lost the van. I was the only one working at that time. He couldn't work because of of his diagnosis and the van. And I had to ask my mom for help. Mm. She actually paid it off. And it was like, wow, I never want to feel like this again. And I can tell you every time since then, because subsequently the van got killed by Hurricane Irma, no, Hurricane Wilma in back in 2005 we were living in Fort Lauderdale the hurricane came through and decided it wanted to stick a tree in my van oh no yes but after that I got another vehicle um and I was never laid on a payment again mm-hmm. but I needed to go through that to realize it was all fine and good that my mom was able to financially assist me with her two jobs um to get that back from the repo man. But it taught me, however embarrassed I was, that I'm going to actually make two payments a month. And I'm going to make sure that no one can ever come get anything that belongs to me again. Mm. So that also shaped our money story as, as husband and wife, because we ha- here we were. I have an ill husband, chronically ill husband, and three children that have to get around so I I really felt that in in my soul because I I knew where you were coming from with that it it totally shaped the way that I do things that I pay bills now I pay a little bit ahead when I have it so when I don't have it or I need to allocate funds somewhere else I can do that without having to feel a kind of way
0: you know, so, the best lessons learned are the ones that are actually learned. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. listening to you and thinking about that because um, we always say, oh, I learned a lesson. And then we go right back into it, right? And do the same, same thing, Same thing. But I was listening to you because I wasn't sure where you were going because, you know, this is we, – we talk, for friends, but, you know, we're going deep now. So mm-hmm. um, I didn't know if you, you know, had, you know, what the result of was that. But, yeah, you realize I don't like the way this feels. <laughs> so right. I'm going to make sure I create a plan or create – and that's what you did. You created a plan. A lot of times we don't like the way stuff feels, but we don't create a plan of action so that it doesn't happen again. So then we just either complain, cry, whine, or just almost maybe get used to and start yes. to like, you get used to, to live in a certain way or doing certain things that are really technically dysfunctional, if you will. So I'm so glad you said that. And it's so funny too, Sophia, so many people and having this conversation and realizing how like. Open, I am about it, and like how relaxed I am. Probably because I've, I've already started being more transparent with my community and online and not being ashamed. I realized that so many people, like just listening to you, because I didn't know that yeah. they've had their cars, like literally yours wasn't technically taken, your mom rescued, they've had their cars taken. Like so right. many people we know, they've had their cars taken, they've had their house foreclosed on, they've um, lost apartments. They've, and I'm not saying that every phase of life, but you know, at some point you've experienced these things and you think. Somehow in our minds, we know other people go through stuff, but somehow in our minds, we think, especially the very people we think about, that they didn't experience any type of financial hardship or that they don't understand our money struggles or that they don't, you know, struggle money. No, they don't talk about it. Exactly. (laughs) But there are a lot of us experience some of the same things. But I just wanted to uh, make a note um, and make a mental note. And then also I wanted to make a point about what you said. I love as like somebody who's becoming a financial educator and and starting to talk about this more. I love what you did because it is so important to create that plan or strategy and it doesn't have to be perfect or it it doesn't have to work well the first time, but even like pretty much what you did is what I, a strategy I like to teach people to get ahead of their bills. So I, I had just did a, a, a video recently it says how to get one month ahead of your bills mm-hmm. and you can yeah, you can do this to get one month, two months, or three months, and it's pretty much what you did. You just pay you can pay an in increment. You don't have to to get one month ahead. A lot of times we overwhelm ourselves or we make it um we make it almost impossible to do because if you're already behind, how are you gonna pay your whole bill if it's a high bill too? Especially if it's right. like dollars $200? You're just gonna one month, you're just gonna pay it twice. No, pay it in increments. Increments can be increments of five dollars. And yes, you're snailing your way to it. You're turtling your way to it. But eventually, you're going to get one month ahead. And if you keep going, you can get two and three months and then stop and maybe go to another bill, or maybe do a few at a time. But paying your bills in increments and having a plan so that you don't get behind. Having a plan, no one's going to, I'm never going to pretend anyone's going to become wealthy from saving money. You you eventually have to invest and you have to grow money, right? Because right. of inflation. So inflation, like, especially with a regular bank savings, you got get less than 1% <laughs> in your savings. But um, if without it being in a, 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 getting compound interest and somewhere in the market making money for you. Um, and then there's other ways to invest money, obviously in businesses, in your own business and, you know. But my thing is, saving money is what you do, first of all, to practice discipline, to get yourself together, to have an emergency fund, Um, you pay yourself first, before your bills get paid, so that if something does happen, or you do get behind, because you haven't started paying in increments, you are protected, you are safe, your car doesn't get taken like ours did, you know, you don't go through these things, like you want to have an emergency fund, and then you want to have savings sometimes for things you want to or need to do in advance. Um, paying an increment could be one of your your savings things that you put in your sinking fund. And sinking funds are just categories for savings. So yeah, I love it. Like I love this conversation.
1: <laughs> awesome. As do I. It's always delightful to talk with you <laughs> because you're so knowledgeable. And I don't think you realize how knowledgeable you are, mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. or how much you bring to the table because you're a regular person.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And just because we decided to. Yeah go on an entrepreneurial venture with our personal stories doesn't mean that we're better than anybody else. We Mm -hmm. learn by trial and error, just like everybody else. Amen. (laughs) Preach. (laughs) Right? Girl. Mm -hmm. Um, But something that you said really stood out to me because you mentioned banking. Mm -hmm. I noticed that, and I'm I'm using the technical term, there are a lot of unbanked people Mm -hmm. Okay. So how do we stop being that? Because I know we're paying an astronomical amount of fees going to check cashing places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how can we, as a community, kind of stop that and, and start taking the
0: benefits of a bank? Okay. Well, I'm not going to say and pretend to be the spokesperson for banks because I know there are other. <laughs> <laughs> there, no, there are other options, but I do. I feel like you do. Um, for the average person, you probably would do fare better with money in the bank. But I do know because there's a, a lot of other financial educators that have other options and different things they discuss. Um, so, but I want to stick to the bank since you mentioned it. I think Sophia that people think they're okay. That, let's go to the history a little bit <laughs> let's do, let's do so, whatever let's you want to go girl okay. that's where we going So, um, a lot of what uh, the research and things I've been doing because I don't want to pretend like I just know this stuff off the top of my head and because I will mess it up but I, I do remember going back and doing a lot of research um, when it comes to like the wealth gap and like um, the economic status of black people dating back to like you know the 1700s and <laughs> 1900s like different things like that and I used to um, and I'll just use this quick quick um, I guess uh, not not metaphor but um is an example um you know you see your grandmom or people um or maybe your great-grandmom depending on what you're See them putting money under the mattress or still you know hiding money in the house and you're like you just put your money in the bank like what, what, what's wrong with you what you're doing but a lot of times and and I still like I, I it took really up until more of my research more recently and dealing with um again structural racism trying to close the racial wealth gap in, in some of my programming and doing research for my business for me to realize that I know history but hadn't really like fought and dug into some of the history of like blacks being displaced and segregated and excluded. From so many things, but wealth, um, wealth, an un- unequal distribution of wealth, but then like also the the places where they were like shut down. So basically, blacks couldn't own a bank account for a long time, and a lot of this went well into the 1900s. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wait a minute, I was born in ni- wait a minute, 1981. I'm in the 1900s. So you mean even sometime during the 1900s you know um basically Jim Crow laws were still like kind of in place in the south yeah. and yeah like and and you know um blacks um were still like literally like federal and um state legislation laws were in place to separate accommodations for black people still things like that and um even redlining still exists but things like that but home yeah. ownership banking all of that was like a bad thing so even when they were allowed to do it there was such a distrust a distrust with the black community and what we call you know and i would say the white community only because they are they're the powers that be right Mm -hmm. and so there was such a distrust that even when they were allowed to open bank accounts and bank they didn't trust their money with these people these people who burned down their homes these people who you know did things to keep them out out of the system or out of the the um Making wealth and stuff, so there's a lot of things, and it carries on. So it's taught, it's taught, it's taught again, directly and indirectly. So as we go generation to generation, we have these things, but then it, it it changes, it changes up. It just becomes like I ain't put my money in the bank, or um, it ain't gonna do nothing there, or or they charge too many fees, and da-da-da. so we just start saying things out of ignorance so that's the yeah. history right so now we're, we're passing down it may not sound like my grandmom or them because you know we weren't we're allowed to go in the banks now we're allowed to have but now it's different now it's just some true some things are true still you there's still discrimination at banks there's still things going on but then it becomes we're passing down a lot of ignorance because it, it's not and, and i hate to use the word ignorance but the only thing i think of because we didn't study or research so my answer is All you need to do is research the correct bank for you. There are so many banks. You know, I have an online, because I have a few banks. It's weird, but I have an online bank that doesn't charge me any fees. And I would say every two months gives me $20 because wow. now I don't use cat. Yeah. And I swipe my card. But I would say I average about $20 every month. Um, and I'll just put it, I, I don't know. We're not going to be giving people a sponsor. You know, you got right. to come. Yeah. But <laughs> I have an, we'll do that another time. I have an online account. It's an it's, it's, now granted a lot of times with some of these online accounts, I don't have access to a teller. I have things where I can do that. I don't have access to a teller. I don't have access to certain things. It's literally online, but I, there's ways to move money around. Right. Absolutely. And so, I literally pay no fees. You know, how I found that thing because I searched for them <laughs> and I compared them and I compared and contrast them to other banks. And I got tired. You know what? Hey, let's go back to I got tired of getting fees and overdraft fees and mm-hmm. I learned my lesson. So a lot of times people don't bank too because of their own, let's just be honest, their own poor money management. You know that you're going to try to swipe that card and you don't have the money in there and you might be with the wrong bank account because they're going to charge you or you didn't tell them not to put that set up. I forget the the correct term for it where they actually let you swipe and, and spend that money that's not there or let the bill come through so that they can charge you a fee. So it's poor, it's poor, lack of financial education and lack of financial literacy and understanding how the banks work and what, how your bank works. And then it's poor money management on your behalf. So then you don't want to deal with the bank because you know, you're going to get fees or you're going to do something to mess it up. There's nothing, there's nothing that the banks can do that's hidden as far as like snatching your money, you know? Right. They're insured.
1: (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that makes sense. So Let me then ask this. I see you've developed a product, a book that helps with personal finances and money management. Can you tell us about that?
0: Yes. Yes. So my freedom planner is like my baby now. And I don't want to like put it down for put it up because I'm already looking at changing it. (laughs) <laughs> Not changing like the structure, but it's just mostly like like um trying to do the the ring binders and different things. Like I'm I'm so excited about it that I'm like constantly thinking like how can we improve it? How can we improve it? But people are already liking it, so I'm going to kind of calm down. But my freedom planner for successful budgeting—that's what it is. I know a lot of people. Are scared of the word budgeting, whether they admit it or not, because it feels restrictive. It's like budgeting. yes, it oh, does. That's good. <laughs> I, I needed a witness. I need because I needed a live witness because a lot of people was like, you know, especially in our community, because we talk about saving. They, you know, we pretend we're you know above where we're at. We're mm-hmm. like, no, I, I'm fine with a budget, and we ain't budgeting nothing. <laughs> not saying, girl. Yeah, because it feels it just even the word itself. Like even I tend to not use it because I hate. It. I'm like, oh no, the word budgeting. But a budget is just a spending plan. And everybody should have a spending plan for their money. Like, I don't care. Like, get it out of your head. I know what's coming in. I know how much I make. I know what bills come out. That is so silly to say. You need to put it down on paper because it changes. Even yeah. though you have fixed expenses, there's variables. There's that party, that vacation, that baby shower. There's other stuff. There's the holiday season. There's that new car you just got. There's so many things that change that need adjusting. So even if you think you know everything that's that's going out, you don't. <laughs> it changes. Right? You don't spend $20 um at the gas station today and 50 yesterday like everything changes. So those are your variables, your your food, your gas. And so um, in order to be able to kind of manage all that and even control it, you need a spending plan ahead of time before the check gets cash, before it goes direct deposit in your bank, you need that ahead of time and that's what the freedom planner does. It actually um, helps you plan, but I I call it freedom planner. It kind of can go deeper, but I said I haven't really put my thoughts on how I want to say that with, like, actual freedom when it relates to Black people, but because I I have so many thoughts about that, but really, it's your financial freedom that we're talking about. If you want to become, yeah, yeah. If you want to become financially free and independent, and guess what? It looks different for everybody listening. It looks different for Sophia. It looks different for me. Like, Sophia may not want to be debt-free. I may want to be debt-free. Sophia might want to carry good debt. I might, you know, say, ah, I don't want to carry any debt. I just want totally. And then I'll feel financially free. Or I just want to be able to go on vacation and not come back and be worried about bills or or feel like I overspent or go and just be able to spend freely. Or maybe I just want to vacation more often. Maybe financial freedom for me is like, I can, you know, I can leave my job and start my business and be free to do that. Or I can be all really, if you look at it or, or when I explain it, a lot of people explain it differently. Financial freedom, and I guess you can add on independence, but financial freedom of just being uh, free. Uh, I would say not letting money be the reason why you make a decision or don't, especially when it comes yes. to your needs. Yeah. So, like, if you need something, but you don't get it because you don't have the money for it. Ooh, that's bondage, <laughs> like, you know,
1: definitely. Yeah,
0: so you want to be financially free. You want to be free to do things. It doesn't mean be flaky and free and just spend money and you, you won't be free at all. You're going to be in debt, mm-hmm. but it just means being free to make decisions without having to double check, double think, overwhelm yourself, you know, burden yourself with uh, what, it, well, what will happen if I do it. It's just like, no, I have a little bit of savings here. I can do this. I can do that. And so Freedom Planner will help you do that because again, the money management pieces in there, as far as the budget and the plan then I also have in the in all throughout there I have money affirmations which will help you as you really believe them and say them every day because they've been helping me but also in the middle I have um or, or towards the end I should say uh, well in the middle I have the weekly trackers so that it helps you track your spending and make sure you're on point with your budget and then also I have the I would call it the savings plan. So it's a strategy you can use. You can use all pieces of it, all parts of it, but it's basically sinking funds categories. So you can do what Sophia did and start paying your bills in increments and track it right in the book. Or you can start tracking getting, um, you know, for your vacation or start a plan to pay down your annual bill, maybe your annual taxes and things like that. So that even if you don't get ahead, you're paying everything exactly on time without strain and stress or getting behind. And then the final part piece at the end is the uh, debt tracker. So you can start to get out of debt. Even if you don't want to be fully out of debt, you can start to lower or lessen, reduce your debt so that you have some room to save and to be free. So I, I, I really, it's like my baby. I, I, I love talking about the Freedom Planner.
1: <laughs> so what I heard, and this is specific to me. I don't know if anybody else can resonate with this, but when you said budget, I was like, yes, that feels restrictive. Yeah. But you know what feels even more restrictive? Not being able to buy what I want when I want.
0: Woo! Teach.
1: So I'm like, which would I prefer? Mm. Being on a budget, which mm. lets me reward myself eventually
0: mm. or
1: not having a budget and not knowing when I could be able to buy what it is I want.
0: I'm going to put you on the face of the book. and <laughs> the Girl, life. I'm just saying it's, that just, the life just came on for me. Yeah. 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 So
1: that is like, me too. like child, I don't listen. Mm-hmm. When this man Besides, he wants to tell me no. Mm. I don't like it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The man, meaning my husband. <laughs> <laughs> that's for the audience. I knew.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Because
1: when he, if he tells me, no, I'm like, what? You, what language are you speaking when you say no? Because mm-hmm. you can't mm-hmm. possibly be talking to me, sir. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so it's so it's bad when he has to tell me no. But when I have to tell myself no, yeah. that's even worse. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's all coming together like I have to say no now so I can say later in a little bit.
0: Oh, do something your future self will thank you for Mm.
1: there you go. That's Mm. it. Mm. That's it. So
0: where can we get this freedom planner? OK, <laughs> well, the Freedom Planner is available on Amazon, uh, but you can also, my prefer my preferred way, you can go to my website. The direct link to get there would be bit.ly forward slash plan, capital P, plan your freedom. So that's a bit.ly link, bit.ly forward slash capital P, plan your freedom. And that will take you to my online shop where you could actually purchase a direct copy from me and I will sign it. So that's Mm -hmm. probably the best way to go. Yes. (laughs) You'll receive a copy from me with my signature as well as, um, but not if you order on Amazon, but again, it is available on Amazon. That is where I did my launch. So that's where most of our sales came from. Thank you to all who supported the launch. (laughs) Um, But there, I just like to give options. Absolutely. So is the P the only letter that's capitalized? Yes. Sorry, everything else is lowercase.
1: <laughs> okay, awesome. So for anybody that goes to bit.ly slash capital P and plan your freedom, I will provide a free one hour coaching session for supporting joy and your freedom in this freedom planner. Mm. So okay. that's how much I believe in this. That's how much I know this will work for you because whether she knows it or not, she is a beast with this thing. She makes it so easily digestible mm-hmm. to where it's fun to get yourself to where you want to be financially.
0: Mm-hmm. So where else can we find you online, Joy? Well, first of all, thank you for that. I mean, not that I didn't know where, we you know, she would partner to do that, but I'm just, wow. <laughs> so, and you guys, if you're not going to that link, like you're missing out, like you're getting... Like a whole free council. Listen, really quickly. And then I want to say how we can close this out. I have to say this because Sophia is really good at what she does. And um, I've been in on her group sessions and things like that. A lot of what blocks you with your money, the, the habits we were talking about and the issues are sometimes they are. Um, what's the word I'm looking for, Sophia? You might be able to help me. Um, sometimes they're not even money related. God, there we go. They're what she handles. <laughs> the word and I'm like I know the word it's something that she knew it they're not even money related it's psychological it Mm -hmm. is um things you're doing like that's why she was talking about retail therapy because she knows there's a lot behind it and so if you sometimes you, you get with her and listen you get with her it's she's a professional she's licensed trained certified all kinds of stuff she's you can talk to her and that's it, and it and it's between you and her, and you can work through some things because a lot of times you can't even get to that planner to the book because you need to work through some things. So take that session yeah. and get this planner. I'm telling you, <laughs> yes. you're getting two for one, and it ain't no McDonald's. This is my <laughs> come on filet mignon, baby. Yes, honey, two for <laughs> one filet <for> mignon. <laughs> so um, let me get to the what she told me to do so she can close out. <laughs> but uh guys so uh you can follow me on all social media platforms i won't say all let me not do that uh, on most social media platforms that would be instagram facebook um at trend uh tiktok at trendy savings yeah i'm on tiktok I told you i'm an edutainer so um, at trendy savings uh my website is trendy educational services.com. This is where we assist in closing the racial wealth gap by providing financial education for black families. Um we're working on a nonprofit. Sophia again is behind that where we're going to actually provide free um and appropriate uh, educational services. I say free and appropriate. That's that's from when I was teaching. <laughs> we used to call it free and appropriate. Um we're gonna provide. Access to free financial education at little to no cost for Black families and within minority communities. That's the nonprofit that we're still, you know, behind the scenes working on. And um, for affordable, that's what I was going to say, free and affordable. Free and affordable financial education. And so um, if you go to that website, that's pretty much what it's talking about. But you can also kind of find some of my social media. And then there's one more place I want to send you guys. Oh, YouTube. I love my YouTube channel. I'm trying to come back. I'm making a comeback there. and We're growing. So <laughs> you can go to my YouTube channel. Sophia will put the links in the comments. But if you type in trendy savings channel, you can also find me there. And I'm mostly on YouTube. Um, if you're trying to see me live or any, anything like that, I'm on YouTube and TikTok. I'm going to be live on YouTube more soon.
1: Gotcha. And please make sure you go follow Joy. Those TikTok videos are the <laughs> truth. Like, I know I'm learning, but it makes it fun.
0: Yeah.
1: And that CVS receipt one where you actually like jump rope with the CVS receipt. I was like, oh, my gosh, I, I literally fell over laughing. And I think that was the, the best video to <laughs> teach me. Yeah. that I've seen in a very long time. So you do make learning fun. And I think that's very important. One, you're real. Two, you make it fun. Three, I get something out of it. Mm.
0: Wow.
1: So, so that's amazing to me. But I'm just going to interject one more thing here. Okay. Um, October was officially deemed, just today, National Economic Education Month. Are you
0: serious? I don't Yes. I didn't know. I know yes, it Financial Literacy happened. Month
1: but I'm like, wait, what? Yes. I'll, I'll forward you the information, but please, yes. So please. October, we really have to go hard on this.
0: Hey, no, wait a minute. I'm writing it down. I know you're going to forward me, but I'm like national. Cause I know, like I said, I know April's financial literacy month and I don't go hard yet, but I'm going to be going hard October. Yep. We're going hard
1: <laughs> October national economic education month. And it's just recognizing what you were just light years ahead of bringing to the forefront, because you knew this, you knew we needed this, because our families need to have conversations about making decisions of what's going on in their home, and include everybody. Yeah, everybody lives in the household, make sure, even if it's just your little three year old that you ask, should we get this? Or should we get that? You know what you're going to get. But then you got a way to include everybody. So you start teaching everybody in the household, how to run their households
0: when they get bigger. Oh, God, sophia's on my board i left that whole part out because she knows our, <laughs> she knows that's our mission yeah the whole point is too with the mission is the whole family we're educating yeah. the whole family because those habits can be harder to break as an adult so we want to get the children in early because once you teach them something they learn that's how they learn it so Absolutely. oh gosh yes uh, we forgot about that
1: <laughs> yeah we didn't forget girl oh, i got you your forget. back <laughs> yes we we're just doing everything we mm-hmm. can to make sure you and your family, mm-hmm. your generations mm-hmm. build legacies out here. Yes. We're not here for a one and done. Yes, yes. We want, we, if you haven't had it before, mm-hmm. we want there to be a foundation now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that you can say, or maybe you have, you're sitting on your porch in your rocking chair, drinking your tea. And you have great, great grandchildren saying, grandma paved the way. Mm. grandpa paved the way because of them i don't have to worry about my college tuition Mm. if that's where i choose to go or i don't have to worry about the down payment on my house you can gift them a house at you know at their marriage ceremony at their reception you're doing Mm. all of these things because you did the hard things first yeah so with that being said joy i'm off my soapbox. No, we're so, up there. <laughs> we, need, we, need, we need to see each other up there, all of us. <laughs> exactly. And as a community, we are, you know, below the poverty line much more than we would care to be.
0: Yeah.
1: And we, we want to change that.
0: Yeah.
1: So yeah. thank you for being just a beacon of light, a beacon of hope on this journey.
0: Mm.
1: So any last and parting words, Joy?
0: Man, you covered it. I was like, you don't have to get off that soapbox. You were getting it. I'm <laughs> you just were saying. It. I I'm think just that saying. was a great close. I don't want to, I don't know. I don't want to mess it up.
1: <laughs> you can't mess it up. You can only make it better. Together, we make each other better.
0: Yes, yes, that's
1: All true. Right. So and guys- that's what
0: it takes. That's what it takes sometimes. in this financial journey. um, And, and I, we're talking business because we, you know, we, we venture or have business ventures. But that's what it takes. You need a team sometimes or at least a partner if you're not a team mm-hmm. person. Yeah.
1: So thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you. This has been the authentic wellness podcast. And that's why I I chose this name because we need to be well in every area of our lives, or at least on, on the journey to wellness. Mm -hmm. And we have to talk about the finances. We have to talk about mental health. We have to talk about physical health. We have to talk about all these things to make our community as a whole well. Because we've been behind the eight ball for too long. Mm. And we got the only way we're going to do it is if we get out there authentically, stop lying to ourselves, Mm. stop lying to other people, because your journey is your journey is your journey. Mm. And without making peace with it, just like Joy said with her car, you know, without making peace with it, we'll never get anywhere. So I thank you again for listening. I hope to see y'all back here next week with our new episode But reach out to Joy. That's B-I-T dot L-Y capital P and plan your freedom. Everything else is lowercase, but that P. So I'll talk to you again soon. And in the meantime, you guys be well. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Authentic Wellness Podcast. We've had the conversation. You have the information. The question is, what are you going to do with it?